Moogle's Gone Wild on this brand new issue of the Carbuncle Chronicle. Hello and welcome everyone. Once again, greetings adventurers to the Carbuncle Chronicle, your podcast for everything awesome in Final Fantasy XIV. Hi, I'm Basil. I'm Aina Lalafell Summoner named 4K Riders K. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm Aina Lalafell Dancer, Bard, Tank, whatever, named Cormier Riders K. Hi, I'm Dylan. I made main an Elizan White Mage named Aldrich Greywind. And that's us, and we play on the server they call Leviathan. 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 Breathless. Leviathan. And our free company is Odin Spear. Also, later on this week, I believe it's this upcoming weekend. Boy, I need to record these real soon. I've got some panels for the Momocon Online, or Momocon Line. The name is weird. But it's Momocon and it's online because, you know, of the whole COVID thing. And... One of the panels is Final Fantasy XIV, Panel What You Must, which I'll talk about Shadowbringers and the current patch and the upcoming patch and are actually our topic for tonight as well, but not nearly as in-depth on this topic as we'll cover on the podcast. So what we're talking about is the Moogle Treasure Trove event, The Hunt for Law. This is the third installment of the Interim Moogle? It's third or fourth. I've lost track but it coincidentally is launching the day that this episode goes up on the internet so we thought well the whole idea of the Cobble chronicle was able to cover stuff as things happen wow this was a happy accident but yeah so if you've never done this before they usually do these things as a way to get people to do older content while we're waiting for new content to exist like for example i think the big one we all really remember was they really they did this for a bit before shadowbringers hit yeah that was how they were really trying to help get people who hadn't done crystal tower through crystal tower and the general gist is do old stuff get irregular tombstones which you can turn into a moogle to get items that are normally kind of annoying to get that you may not have tried to pursue because it was you know more annoying than you normally would get and making sure to at least have one special item that no one has ever gotten before that's new that's exclusive to this event for people like Anna who has already done everything. Yeah, because the first Internet Moogle we got Namazu earrings. The second were the Shiba Inu earrings. And then this time or was maybe this was is the fourth one because I believe maybe the last time was the Namazu scarf. Yeah, there was and a Namazu Now there. we'll have the Shiba Inu scarf. I say that may be why I don't remember any of the new items because I usually just glamour away my earrings and stuff like that. Well, the new item is always 100 tomes. It is technically a, the most difficult one to get, especially if you're going for other things. But for me, who has everything on the list, that's all I go for. Is the list the same as last time or, or does No, it there's always... There's some things that remain the same, and then there's some things that 
they add specifically for this event. Okay. Because I know when the first few came through, I was like, oh, crap, I got to gotta run these things so i could get this stuff and and i only got like a couple of things i felt like oh well you know have have i missed this entirely well aside from the 100 tombstone item which in this case is the uh, mamashiba necrochief everything else is stuff that you can obtain through playing the game in other ways like for example one of the big items is the ixion mount which you could do if you did the Ixion Fate a few times, but not a lot of people are doing the Ixion event like they used to because there are now Shadowbringer things. So Stormblood isn't quite, you know, the new hotness anymore. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured the whole program was for, is push people towards older content. Right, like there's two of the Heavensward birds, uh, and then, or at least one of them, I only see one now. And then there's one of the dogs from Stormblood, which ironically, this is the dog that I had to buy with 99 tomes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's That's got to hurt. Uh, and then there's some orchestrations, uh, the Quirin earring, and then there's all the writing maps in ARR, which will actually be important considering we will have the upgraded flying when the patch 3.5.3 uh, hits. And those are definitely good for people who don't do hunting. Because most people, you if you do hunts, you get those seals and you can use those to buy the riding maps. But this is a decent alternative to that if you don't do hunts. Yeah, and that that's one area that I've completely skipped almost, except for a little bit of leveling I've been doing recently. Like, I've run across the riding maps but i've never like pushed myself to get them well it's funny because in shadowbringers riding maps are actually now tied to uh fate grinding yeah so with hunts you've got you know the allied seals which are a realm of born stuff then there was the uh centurio seals centurio yeah centurio which encompassed both heaven's ward and stormblood and then of course everyone's favorite word nuts and Shadowbringers. The Allied Seals are the most annoying thing to get for me because you have to... All the hunts in AR die so fast. Or you have to find the ones that were... You know, you do your dailies and weeklies and they didn't quite figure it out yet until like Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, Shadowbringers. So it's better now than it was, but what it was is still what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back and doing... Trying to do at least the weeklies of all of the expansions because I still... I slacked really bad. I did not get the... B, the B rank achievement thing. So I'm working on that and you can tell how they figured it out expansion by expansion because especially the weeklies, there's so many spawn points for these. Like if you, cause I use ff14hunt.com and if you look at the map, there's like little red circles all around the map to show where it possibly could spawn. Once we got into Heaven's Ward, it lessened. And then especially once we got to Stormblood and Shadowbringers, it's just a specific area of the map that you'll see them. There's only like maybe five or six possible spawn points instead of 30 yeah i think i think that's why i skipped them early on was you know I, i'd pick up the marks and then realize you know i i have to either look these up or, or run around and, and find them whereas the 
the Shadowbringers ones were really easy for me to get into because, you know, I could go to a list and say, okay, this this monster is at this location. You know, right. And, and now that flying will be back, will be in the Realm Reborn zones, that's going to make it a lot easier. Yeah. But until then, you can do the events. Also, they have some of the various beast tribes from ARR, like the Drake and the Gubu and the Elps and the Bomb uh, Pelican. I think I may have bought that in one of these events because I have not touched, again, I have not touched the beast tribes because... Yeah, I believe these just... are reused from those others yeah no these four that's there definitely are and then there's also the uh also the direwolf i believe is from there okay. yeah and then there's aborius and iphon which are some of the horses you can get and then of course you have you know the uh mgp platinum card if you need to spend something oh and our friend Cass's favorite minions kalka and brina oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she hates anti-tower so much those are not too hard to get but i think it was brina that was the rare drop I, I think you're right but yeah our, our creepy little doll friends from final fantasy 4 here to stay and creep you out for all eternity for only seven tombstones apiece and then there's some more like you know cards and prisms gosh that and... Gaius van Bel- belser card it makes me so sad because you have no idea how many times i fought the idol imperial how many times i went into praetorium to try and get that damn card oh man yeah and praetorium I was gonna say that's that's one that you have to sit through all the the cutscenes and stuff every time you do it, isn't it? It is. In fact, that's as we now go into what you actually do to get these tombstones is you have to do certain raids and dungeons and things. The one that awards you ten irregular tombstones of law is, of course, the Praetorium. Yeah, I remember doing this during the last event because it it takes forever. It does. It's then, and the reason they do it is again so they can help get newer players. You know, get more people in there that can get them through it, so they don't have to wait as long in queue. And honestly, Praetorum, while it is long, while the cutscenes are long, it's I believe it's the most one of the most efficient ways to to do it. I know for the very first event, I did Circus Tower, I believe, fifty times. Oh man. But Praetorum tends to be the more bang for your buck. That, and I know PvP is usually a good one, too. So, yeah. The Praetorium, it's the it's one of the level 50 main scenario quest pseudo-dungeons that's like eight people. It used to be back in the day, people would constantly just rush through past the cutscenes. And if you were trying to play this like as, your, as a character for the first time... It was always terrible because everyone would be so annoyed that you're watching cutscenes. And it'd be annoying for you because everyone skipped past the cutscenes. And by the time you're done with some of the cutscenes, they were already cleared through, like, through a boss or two, maybe. I know people bitch about it, but I appreciate that they have made them unskippable. When we had new people in RFC, we would either get a group of eight, or if we had to pick up any randoms, we would tell them flat out, look, we are with a new person. We are letting them watch the cutscenes. You know, we want them to watch the story, how it unfolds. And a lot of times, most of the time, people were, were pretty chill and were like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Sometimes we had people who were like, no, I'm skipping them and going. Yeah, that's a good reason to put in the unskippable cutscenes. Honestly, it gives me some good time to uh, crochet while I'm in those. Yeah, although I feel like like I'll tab out during stuff like that and it i always feel like i'm gonna come back too late and have to catch up yeah it, it you could definitely tell this was one of those things where this is the end of arr and a lot of stuff in arr was almost 
experimental and trying to figure out exactly how to make storyline work in context of a dungeon. And they clearly learned more as the expansions went on to not cut scenes so heavily in the dungeon. But the new format now, which they started in Heaven's Ward and have continued on, is you'll have a bit nice, cool dungeon, then some cutscenes, then the final trial of the expansion, and then you get the ending. And if you follow to, you know, Casher Mirandum, that's, that's, it feels like that while there's lots of cutscenes in it, you really could tell that, uh, or is it Praetorium, the one that's really long? Praetorium is the longer of the two. Castrum Meridium is right. Um, Castrum the is the is the ramp up to get to the Praetorium. Yes, Castrum like Praetorium is, is the one where you fight Ultima, right? Ultima yes. weapon. Cool. Yes. So yeah, you can clearly tell that like, there is a dungeon bit and then a trial bit. Although Praetorium also did some also interesting things where you can ride a matchstick mount and and, and run around with that. And that was fun and neat. And they clearly were trying to throw in all the gimmicks they could think of to make this really big showstopper of a final event. And it's cool once, but then when you have to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. I I want to say, I think the development team has mentioned they kind of want to try to, if they could, they would reconfigure it to be more of like a, uh, and like a duty calls sort of thing where it's just you with NPCs, but that would take more working and and, and, and re-messing with stuff that they've had time to really focus on. But I think that'd be a cool way to do it. Same thing with possibly Castrum, which is getting you seven irregular tombstones of law, but also the Orbone Monastery will get you seven. To every time they've done this, they've either used Crystal Tower, or I believe the last time was Weeping City, and now they're using... Uh, Revan Astray and all that because I believe they're hopefully wanting more people that haven't done them to do them because isn't the new relic zone is going to be based off tactics which is what Elise was correct right and if you want to do resistance weapons you have to have cleared this raid sequence the Elise raid sequence to be able right. to do the resist weapons so this gives people another an excuse a reason to run all these but also since the Crystal Tower series is now going to become part of the main plot that's required to continue on past ARR for obvious reasons in Shadowbringers. But that's going to become required, whereas Evilise and the, and the uh, oh, whatever they call the thing with the uh, the Void Arc and that stuff. Weeping City. The Weeping City and all and all that stuff. That Those are optional, so I can see why they want to focus on, no, no. Y'all do the Evilise stuff because you'll want, you'll need it for later. Also, here... Get some tombstones while you're at it. Yeah. Right. And it's also to help the, the tombstones, especially to help bring back older players who can help them. I, you know, it's because if we have a lot of new people, Sid is going to kill everybody, you know, like Ozma did. And so hopefully it won't be too bad. Hopefully we'll get enough veterans in there that know what they're doing, that they can easily teach it to the newer players. Because yeah, the monastery still, I, I feel like it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it definitely still, I feel, has some teeth on it, especially since you'll probably have, you have to go in synced. It's so pretty, though. Yeah, I think I think a lot of those raids I have only really done with the free company. And then when I went back to do Crystal Tower, it was really overwhelming to do that, you know, going in by myself. So, yeah, that, like you said, Anna, like, I would hope that, you know, there are people there to teach teach the raid when uh, they go in for this. And, and remember, even if you, they're sinking you down to level 70, if you're 80 with your level 80 gear, you're going to sink down to like the best stats you can have as a 70. So you'll be able to pretty much out gear whatever you're doing just as long 
as you basically know the general beats of the fights. Yeah, or can adapt. <laughs> and as always, they throw in the one dungeon that they know everyone hates. Oh yeah, Castro Morandum. Not that one. I believe some people will take uh, that one over the level 47 dungeon. Aurum Vale is in there. Everyone hates Aurum Vale. It's, it's yucky, it's sticky, it's full of morbles, and no one can get past the first room the first time in their life. Arguably, it probably goes faster than, you know, the, the raid or the, yeah, the raids that have the mandated cutscenes or the the big 24-man raids. So it's not a horrible choice other than, you know, being what it is. I always look forward to the these events because more people are doing PvP and I really enjoy doing the PvP stuff, especially Hidden Gorge. Like, I, I haven't been in there in a while because sometimes there's just not enough people doing it, so you can't get in. And that's that's one thing I really like about these events is that more people do PvP. Yeah, well, they, they, they keep trying to adapt PvP and figure out different ways of doing PvP. No one just really does PvP unless you get a really good carrot on that stick, and then yeah. you get people to do it. Honestly, I have never run PvP at all. I think I got the quest for it. I queued up one time, and the queue times were something crazy and i just bailed at that point i i honestly love like the front line you know hidden gore driver wings i i really enjoy those where you have like 56 to 70 something people just going at it and there's there's definitely more i guess strategy but there's there's obvious goals like you're trying to kill like these these towers or you're trying to overtake like these little areas and and claim them for yourself i like that a lot more than like feast where you just go in and kill each other a bunch of times yeah that i could see that being better because like even playing first person shooters i like those style other those style of shooters better than just go in and deathmatch. and for four irregular tombstones of law this is for you bill I can believe I can go to Curtis Cry. Uh, that, 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 there, there's my joke. There you go, Bill. <laughs> Cutter's Cry. One of the weirder older dungeons uh, for me because you're constantly having to dig into sand and keep going down and down and down. Yeah. I know when I get this in roulettes, it's like, it's just, you just keep doing sand caverns until there's no more sand caverns left is kind of the way i've remembered it in my mind yeah you can definitely tell that in arr they were trying all sorts of different kinds of dungeon types and eventually they settled on a okay we try to do things that were interesting and open and everyone hates it they just want interesting tubes for this stuff so let's just give them interesting tubes and so that's what we get and i like my interesting tubes but there's just something also really interesting about running around in a place and cutter's cry is one of those that i really enjoy you know it feels like we're going through actual places not just you know a tube i can see that yeah because a lot of a lot of the interesting tubes are just pathways to boss fights with mechanics or enemy fights with mechanics or something like that yeah my favorite dungeons that they do are the ones that make you feel like you're actually in a place and even if it's functionally a tube where you're only going through one route, if they can put you in that same place and let you run around in it in different directions, I, I think that's the best kind of level design. I, I, I think uh, the various elements of, for example, for the three irregular tombstones of law, like the sunken temple of Karn, 
both it, you know, also, honestly, and Stone Vigil, I, I think, are places where, again, you're going through actual, you know, an actual place and you're ducking in around with it. They're also both interesting because they both have hard modes and the hard modes take you through different paths through it, which I thought was also really neat. But this is also sort of some of the, um, so for three regular tombstones, you have the Sunk Temple of Karn, which is a level 35 dungeon, the level 41 dungeon of Stone Vigil, and a Dimsel Darkhold, which is one of the which is almost up there with, you know, Orm Vale as Which a... Which I don't understand why. It's not that bad of a dungeon. I think the initial... If I remember correctly, Dimsel Darkhold has a lot of alternate ways to get through that very first section. And so it's yeah, easy to get lost one... in if you're not knowing what you're doing. I, I can understand that. I, I guess I've just done it so many times. You You just learn the path and it's not hard right but it also about? does a thing just like that other dungeon does where the first part is kind of open-ended and they have multiple routes to the same thing right so i was actually about to mention that other dungeon like as another example of the same idea as darkhold has oh my god what dungeon is it i can't think of it it's the one with the areman that flies through and you have to like... that's desmal darkhold oh no okay yeah i thought you meant the the other dungeon with a thousand miles of totara thousand miles that's it yeah but yeah that's all the places you can go and do things and get irregular tombstones so then i can get all my writing maps that i need okay so my question for y'all is what do you plan to run to get your tombstones pvp i have not thought that far ahead <laughs> Probably one of the standard, like, Arm Veil or Cutter's Cry or something. I don't know that I can do the Force cutscenes again. Yeah, yeah. I'm really curious to see what happens when I put myself in for the Alliance raid. Since, I know, like, for example, when I was doing, when we were doing Iterate Moogles, before Shadowbringers hit, we would put ourselves in for Alliance raid, get Crystal Tower, and be like, sweet. Iterate Moon's Moogle's Tombstones, and it's the easiest one, because that's what everyone was spamming. And sometimes we get something else, and we're like, well, why isn't this Crystal Tower, you fools? So I'm really curious to see, will it be people running, like, the Monastery or the Lighthouse lot, or just uh, Ravanastra? Like, I, I'm really curious to see what shows up when we, when we if you hit that, because that's... Or what happens if you get Crystal Tower again, because you have to run a Crystal Tower, like, well, that's fine, it's Crystal Tower, but... Darn it, I wanted the monastery to get my irregular tombstones. But, okay, so if you're going to do, are you saying do Alliance Roulette? You only have to do that once, and then your other runs, you actually have to pick something. Or, right, you don't yeah, have for that day. Well, I mean, you could always just do Alliance Roulette and say what you get. You just don't get the benefit after the first run, though. Right. So, so I am curious. And I know for me, like, my big thing is I want to finish getting all those writing maps. But, and I know, of course, Anna has to get the decorative because that's all Anna has left. So, Dylan, what do you want out of the item exchange? Oh, man. Again, uh, probably the writing maps or the orchestrians. Because I think the orchestrians are, I'm not really collecting them, but, like, I, I really only use one or two mounts. So those are not a huge, huge draw for me. But that's cool. Like I said, like I'm, my real goal is the writing maps. Probably some of the orchestrians. If I, I'm the, uh, that's that's a lie. I'm just gonna be all writing maps. They're, they're, those those are thirty yeah. a pop. Like that's that's like six rounds of PvP a piece, and th those aren't don't exactly are short. So it's hmm. No, I think I'm gonna have to stick with writing maps. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So Anna, what kind of glamours are you planning to to make with your your <laughs> Mama Sheba neckerchief? 
don't know yet. Like, we've got... The Namazu stuff was easy, but I don't know what to do with the Mamashiba. I'll have to think about that. So, yes, folks. That has been the Moogle Treasure Trove, The Hunt for Law. Starting, well, as we're releasing this episode, today. It's happening right now. Go log on to Final Fantasy XIV and get yourself some iterate tombstones. Or, sorry, irregular tombstones. For your and it will be Moogles. going... <laughs> It will be going until patch 5.3 is released. We don't know. How, we don't have a date yet. They have said we will get a definite date the next live letter. I don't know when the next live letter is going to be, but so you've got it probably a good month, month and a half of this. So you don't have to you don't have to rush if you don't, you know, if you don't want to, if you want to do all of the things and get all of the things, you have time. It's true. You've got plenty of time. The next patch is it anytime soon like we're probably looking at i'm guessing july honestly maybe the end of june and you know when you think about it the end of june is when we'll be celebrating one year of Shadowbringers. yeah yeah that's that's true it's true so all right folks that has been issue two of the carbuncle chronicle and so until next time adventurers may you adventure in the light of the crystal yes till sea swallows all because you know we're 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 on leviathan you know Leviathan, Leviathan, breathless. Anyways. Does whatever a ocean lizard can? That's that's right. It's not Leviathan can't. It's Leviathan. <laughs> so yeah. And of course, you know, this has been a production of the Carbuckle Chronicle, powered by the Awesome Cast. Our theme song is a remix based off DJ Nabuto's Awesome Cast theme, remixed by the wonderful Anna, who is also editing this episode. Thank you very much, Anna. And of course, you can find us at awesomecast.com where you can catch the awesome cast proper. And eventually one day, and I will do our touch by Duelist podcast again. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. 